Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another season of Bees Pod. We're really, really excited to kick off uh, our slate of shows this year with a long-awaited, at least in our minds, special show. Um, but before I get into it, I'm very delighted to welcome back to the pod for the seventh year running, Mem. How are you doing this afternoon, Mem? I'm very good, thanks. How are you? Very well. Seven years. How does it feel to have been sitting opposite me for seven years recording these shows? Well, that seven is normally that important number that I always pick as our placing. So, you know, it feels like this year we're guaranteed to win the league. Mm. Well, we'll have to see about that. We'll come to previews <laughs> later on. Um, I'm also delighted to welcome to the pod. He's coming up to his first year anniversary with us. Charlie Casson, how are you doing this afternoon, Charlie? I'm very well. Very well. Live and direct from Hitchin once again. Yeah, well, we're back for the second time in Hitch. We managed to avoid getting uh, beaten up on our way out last time. Uh, but this time, we are bringing to you a slightly different show. And this is uh, what we're calling the Barnet Draft. Now, um, for those of you like Charlie and I who are big fans of American sport, the draft is quite a, a, a kind of familiar concept. But those who aren't aware, the way it works this afternoon is we are each going to pick uh, our all-time Barnet 11 from 2000, the year 2000, up until this season. Uh, we're going to go in order we're going to draw lots essentially to decide the draft order uh, even though Mem did tank towards the end of last season in terms of pod contributions Mem you are allowed a, a random uh, number rather than being forced to go first which is how it works in the USA <laughs> um, but uh, we're going to kind of do a kind of random order for each pick we're not allowed to pick the same player twice okay and at the end of it we're going to try and pull together uh, three teams and then let you decide who you think the best Barnet side is of the three so Charlie, before we even get started, how are you feeling? Talk me through your preparation and how you've gone about preparing for well, this. Well, we've all we've all had to essentially pick a squad of thirty-three, um, <clears throat> you know, because we don't know in which position we're going to get third pick. So we have to have three picks for each position just for backup. Um, I've been looking at my eleven all week. I've become sort of quite married to it, so I, I'm just expected to be sort of let down in the next sort of hour because I know this team I'm looking at right now isn't going to be what I'm looking at at so the end. you've actually wedded yourself to a starting 11? Yeah. Okay, interesting. Yeah. Okay. And for some reason, I'm telling myself that none of you are going to pick these players, which I know you, which I know you are. <laughs> so um, You know that's going to, they're all going to go in the first like few rounds. Yeah. Mem's already lined up a, a formation of 10-0-0 to just <laughs> to nail down your defenders. Uh, Mem, talk to me about your preparation. My preparation was 50 players, whittle it down, whittle it down, whittle it down, and then work out which ones I think Charlie will you pick. You had 50 players? I think originally. Do you mind sharing, before we get started, one of the players on that 50 that definitely didn't make the cut, yeah, that you're like, why, why did I put them on my 50? I think I put something like Mark Arbor on it, and then I was like, there's no way I'm picking Mark Arbor. It's a matter of principle. Yeah, just purely out of principle. But there was, yeah, stuff like that. It was, it was, did I hate their face or, you know, didn't like them, did something stupid. They joined yeah. Stevenage somewhere. That was. Can, can we just confirm as well? We are, um, we're going with each player where they made their name for the club. Yep. Is that right? And in their prime. Yeah. So essentially what we're, I mean, the prime, the, the other kind of big broad rule was that the player has to have played for Barnet for around about a season yeah so we, we couldn't for example like a good example be Harry Smith who has had you know if he carried on his record he'd be our greatest ever finisher uh but he is someone that we can't put on um mm -hmm. because essentially he's only been at the club for a short period of time so so Collins John wouldn't wouldn't have been allowed no Collins John wouldn't it, have been allowed affectionately known as the Simon King rule go on ma'am talk through that well the Simon King rule which is basically yes he played left back but he made his name as a centre back so no picking Simon King at left back Correct. Okay. Well, let's see how this goes. Let's see how long the piece lasts. So to start us off, we're going to get Charlie to pick out the draft order for the first position. And then I'll, this will kind of carry through for the first three positions. So Charlie, just talk us through it as you do it. Cool. So I'm going to feel like uh, feel like Ian Wright or something doing the draw. So this is who will be getting first pick for the goalkeeper. <clears throat> it's me. Charlie up with the goalkeeper pick first of all. So that's going to go Charlie, Ian, Mem. We're going to go left to right. So left back pick. Charlie, who is going first for that? Left back is Ian. So I go left back. So that's going to go Ian, Mem so and Charlie. And then the centre, the first centre back pick is going to be Mem. And that's going to go Mem, Charlie, See, that's Ian. See, mine's, I've got some work to do already. <laughs> right let's i've got some banging center backs as let's, well let's get into it so charlie yeah 
with the first pick of the Barnet draft in goal, who do you select, please? Laurie Walker. Laurie Walker. Uh, obvious, obvious. I thought that was going to happen. Just talk us through your decision there. I've, I've had to pick Laurie Walker. There was there was a good couple on there that I could have picked, um, but I've gone with someone who I, you know, he so happens to be our goalie now, but I genuinely believe in my lifetime since I've been going since 2001, I do think he is the best all-round goalie we've had. So that's why Laurie Walker makes my all-time bonnet. Any, any particular highlights from his career that you, you'd want to put out? Just you know, the penalty save at Maidstone, his constant shithousery. Uh, I think he's got a good head on him. Like he's, you know, he's got his head screwed on. Uh, he, he seems like he loves the club, and he's he is genuinely a fantastic, you know, goalie. He's got a he- heck of a lot of attributes, and I think we're you know yet to see the best of him as well. Okay. Uh, well, Mam's smiling. So that either means he's happy with Charlie's answer or he's delighted that one of his picks has made it through. Nice. So I'm up, I'm up next for the goal position. I agree with you, Charlie. This is actually quite a, a tricky one to get right. Um, you know, Walker was on my list. Uh, but the goalkeeper that I've gone for is Jamie Stevens. Uh, 65 appearances between 2015-2018. Um, player of the season in 2016-17. That's both player's player and uh, fans player of the season. Had issues with his kicking, but was a phenomenal shot stopper. And uh, in a league which is renowned for having a higher quality um, player than the, than the National League, obviously by nature of being one up, uh, I've gone with Jamie Stevens. So that leaves you, ma'am, to pick your goalkeeper. So you went with my my first choice pick, Ian. I'm glad to hear that. So, I mean, I did uh, rank Atosh just about you know hmm. Brad Kalash was originally in my in my you know shortlist he fell by the wayside a little fell bit fell by the wayside uh, Beckwith as well he he <laughs> fell he fell by the wayside um, my favourite goalkeeper Craig Ross you know Craig uh, Ross yeah so I've got I've gone for club legend Lee Harrison yeah. so talk us through the Lee Harrison pick because those of you who are listening to the rules at the start will be aware that they had to have their main impact post 2000 so just talk us through that decision man believe he played for us in 2000 he did no you're correct yeah you're spot on but i was just thinking was he not someone who perhaps had their best years in advance of the year 2000 i would say that in if you because if you were going to pick pick your best goalkeepers post 2000 even if he wasn't quite at his peak he still was a better goalkeeper than some of the toilet we've had <laughs> fair <laughs> enough so uh, i so i think he's i think he's a safe pick it's a safe pick yeah so take pair of hands any other ones we had on there? We haven't talked about Graham Stack and Jake Cole. Charlie, do they feature in your thinking at all? Graham Stack was my second choice. Yeah, interesting. Just talk us about Stacky's impact. Just, then. you know, that save at Underhill um, and then to go on and be our, you know, uh, title-winning goalkeeper the following season, uh, two seasons after that. Um, yeah, and the fact, you know, the fact he's been there and done it. He's got a Premier League medal, hasn't he? Yeah, I know that wasn't with Barnett, but he <laughs> definitely um, wasn't with us. <laughs> he's uh, yeah, he, he he's up there for sure. But but Walker just uh, just snatched it for me. I, th- I thought Jake Cole was actually quite underrated, and I was I was toying with Jake Cole. Jake Cole was underrated. Um, you also had uh, Loach. Yeah, Loach. And Loach. I, I thought Loach was actually a bit overrated. By, by the end of the fact that he didn't really do anything after he left us, I thought Jake Cole ninety-seven appearances over three years when we were basically at the bottom of League Two. He was often the difference between. Yeah, winning and Jay losing Cole, but could have been in there okay right well we move on then to left back uh so this is where i get to go first i think we've actually had and before we get into this round i think we've had a bit of a paucity of left backs over the years like there were some you know some ones i identified three i'd be surprised if all three go in this round but the left back that i've gone with uh is elliot johnson uh 269 appearances uh, between the years 2012 and 2020 i think a really underrated player in regards to the fact that you know he was so consistent he was a big part of the title winning side back in 2014 and he was also a massive part i think of the the team that began to stabilize in league 2 um later on obviously he's moved on to dagenham now um but yeah i think he was just a really reliable um just really solid option there for us and um yeah i've gone with elliot johnson uh so next up on our list uh is mem mem who have you gone for at left back this was really tough because yeah, we've we've not had many good left backs. We haven't. This was the hardest position, I thought. Yeah. So I so for me, I've gone with Kenny Gillet, uh, and I have to say, Kenny Gillet was was a flawed choice. Even I mean, I, there at one point I even had Nicky Nicolau on my shortlist, <laughs> oh my and then I was like, I can't put Nicky Nicolau on there. That'd be an instant. But that's dismissal. how that's how that's how poor 
the the choices. I mean, Kenny Gillette made 115 appearances between 2007 2010. And again, as I said, you know, I think to you guys off air, like keeping it in, you know, League Two is a, is a higher standard. So I think he's had a reasonable impact there. Mm. Charlie, thoughts on Kenny Gillette? Uh, my thoughts. Well, yeah. my thoughts are that my two picks, uh, my top two picks, have been taken. So uh, I'm left with my third choice. Go on, Charlie. Who's your third choice? My third choice pick uh, for my, who is now my first choice pick at left back. <laughs> Uh, and he didn't get off to the greatest of starts of us, but when he really settled um, in the league <laughs> while we went up, I was really impressed with him and it showed because he got his move. So my left back is David Tatunda. Wow, interesting. I actually didn't have Tatunda as my third. Did you have, did you have yeah, two I had players? him as my, as my third choice. So I, I mean, to be fair, I liked Tatunda. He's at Gillingham now, I believe, or maybe yeah. he's moved around a bit since then, yeah. but was very dynamic. And I think actually a few players in that sort of side, like the Sweeney's, etc., have have gone and improved quite a bit since they've left Barnet. so like yeah. they were held back by their side he but was going going forward that one season in league two which i think subsequently was the year we actually went down yeah 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 he was that, that sort of wing back brilliant role. in that wing back role Mem, um, anyone else featuring your near your list um so my short list if i needed to might have gone for mauro but to be honest no i'm like to be honest it was i knew that It'd probably be Johnson, Gillet, and Titonda, to I, be honest. I was going to chuck in a, a rogue shout, which I think may have been dismissed on perhaps eligibility grounds, was actually Matt Lockwood. Funny so, why he came up in my you, head I don't know if you Matt Lockwood's so good. Matt Lockwood was really good. He had two spells with us, I think, and was actually really, really decent yeah. at a time where we were pretty Did terrible. Adam Gross not make the cut. Adam, Adam Gross didn't make the cut, no. What about Simon Cliss? Now, that's... that. Yeah. Well, Simon Cliss, the whole season, won the league. Scores a go and we'll get pissed. Yeah. I mean, I think Simon Cliss was a gr- really good player, but he was one of those players that was just found out, I think, the year afterwards at left back. So, Mem, you are grinning like a Cheshire cat because you've got first dibs on the centre-backs. Now, Has this he? is going to be interesting. Yep, yeah, Mem is next on the mix. of Mem, Charlie uh, and Ian for the centre-back position. God, this is a disgrace um, just for me. For centre-backs, we're not going to do left centre-back and right centre-back. You can pick just centre-backs okay, inter- inter- interchangeably. That's good. Um, but uh, we're going to go... Mem, talk us through your centre-back pick, please, Mem. So my first choice, he was, um, he came in later in his career, but he was unbelievable when he came and played for us. Just, he was uh, World Cup, he played in the World Cup, played for his national team. I'm going for Gary Breen. Wow. Gary Breen wasn't even pick. on my list. He's not even on my he list. He was unbelievable. Wow. Maybe you guys were he a bit was. young. No, no, I remember Gary Breen. He missed a sitter at Griffin Park. I remember. We went, <laughs> we went Brentford away on a Tuesday night. I think in 07, maybe. Was he there 07, 08? Yeah, he was. I think. Let me have a look at him now. He was. He was there like during that time period. 07, 08. I remember being behind the goal, Griffin Park. I think it was nil nil or one one, and Gary Breen missed a sitter. But man, that's interesting because that he came into a side that were really struggling. And didn't necessarily make us much better. Only made forty-eight appearances but I think in that's two a, years. But I think that two years is over, like overlapping, um, because I think he came in at the back end of one season. So yeah, he didn't know he did. But it's a forty-eight. I'm, I'm, it was I'm a surprised. terrible team, though. It was a terrible team, and he was um, he was brilliant in that. In that, so I've gone for Gary Breen. Interesting. Okay. So and next- also the other thing as well. I just when I was going through the list, that I gave um, a higher. Um, what's the word I want to use? Rating. Uh, rating for players who played in the league. Okay. So, okay. Fair. I, I, okay. Interesting. Well, let's let's have a look. Uh, Charlie, you get your next pick then for centre back. So this is my first choice. Uh, I'm glad Mem didn't pick it. Um, this man was the first uh, name I ever had on the back of one of my Barnet shirts. Um, of uh, the year we went up, actually instrumental in our 2004-2005. Uh, conference winning side and he goes by the name of Simon King left back Simon King uh, doesn't need really too much of an introduction Simon King 170 appearances between 2000 and 2007 one of those players that's completely transformed when he moved to centre back yeah. any particular memories of, of Simon that uh, you thought were pretty I've good? got memories of meeting him 2000, 2005 I met him in the View Cinema in Finchley <laughs> do you remember when they did the Barnet players went to the cinema yeah, to meet yeah, the I, kids. I was one of those 10 year old kids uh, 11 year old kids um, and his uh, his volley at Plymouth at home which that was a got, us in, got us Man United goal. that was a ridiculous that finish. got us essentially got us our Man United tie were you um, all a shot away when he scored that all volley all a shot away as well he was just so comfortable on the ball he was an absolute rock he was a machine he was just the perfect centre half for that era I think of, of football um, and he'll always go down he will always have a place in my Barnet 11 no matter what 
Yep, I can I can see a lot of a lot of strength there. So my choice here, um, I think King probably would have been my first choice. My choice here is actually still left. Another player who came to us at the end of their career, um, 107 appearances, absolute rock solid at the back, uh, is Michael Nelson. Um, I don't think I've ever felt as secure in a back four as when Michael Nelson was there. Phenomenal in the air, a real leader, uh, an experienced player, uh, I felt at the back. Um, didn't have a huge amount of pace, but was also able to play a really high line because he was just so good at reading the game. So I've gone with Michael Nelson. Wow. Not, wow. on, not even on your list, Charlie. No, not on my list. No, not on my list either. I thought, actually, I thought it was a weakness. Well, that's... Okay, well, let's quickly move on. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay, so, Charlie, I'm going to hand back to you now with the bag. If you there, could... Again, we're just going to do another round. So this is for the centre-back. Okay, the right-back. And then, um, just just for quickly on the notes, Mem, you, are you doing a... How many playing in the field, Mem? Centre-mid, at least. Three. Three in centre-mid, yeah. yeah. Charlie, in centre-mid? Two holding and a cam. Yeah, so, so we've yeah. all we've all got like three, three centimeters. Centim- yeah, three so that's fine. So yeah. we'll do we'll do kind of the one of the holding centimeters. Okay, that's all right. cool. So Charlie, um, for the second centre back position, yeah, uh, just take us out. The, the name is going to get the first pick here. First pick for the second centre half is Ian. Quality. Okay. Uh, so that's going to go Ian, Mem, Charlie. Uh, second pick at right back. This is the one that I think we all want. Mem. Mem. So that's going to go Mem, Charlie, Ian. And then that means that, uh, Charlie, you're going to have the first dibs of the centre mids, which by damn your face isn't... No, I think you'd be pretty happy with that, no? It's tough because which one do you go for? Wow. We're going to find out in just a moment. So uh, back with me then for the second centre-back position. Um, A a lot of good options here, I think, again. um, But I'm going to go with someone 139 appearances between 2012-2015. Uh, Rock solid in the league and also rock solid when we went down. Scored, I think, the best Barnet goal I've ever seen live away at Grimsby um, back in 2013 or 2014, it would have been. And that is David Denzel Stevens. Um, I think it's a bit sad. I think he's not sad, but it's like sad seeing him at Boreham Wood. Uh, now because you kind of like lose sight of how good he is he's actually still quite young he was only born in 1991 but yeah just an absolute giant quality on the ball incredibly composed um so i've gone with david stevens man your second right back please sorry second center back apologies so this one i found was a tough one um because i actually wanted to go for michael hector but he hadn't played a full season no that would have been disqualified disqualified so I've gone for somebody who started off as a centre mid, was binned off to the reserves, and then was brought back, and then was played centre back, and then is now working his way up the league. Although he's playing for Stevenage at the current league. He's working back. Oh, yeah, he's actually he's actually working his way up. Go yeah. On. Uh, so I've gone for Sweeney. Sweeney. Yep. Good player. Very good player. Nine. Sorry, 101 appearances between 2017 and 2020. Daniel Sweeney. Uh, okay. Charlie, over to you for the next centre-back pick. No brainer, no introduction needed. Ricardo Santos. Talk, talk to me about that. Give us a little introduction, even though you said there's not one needed. Ricardo Santos was a rock, um, played with a swagger, um, played like he was the boss on the pitch, great on the ball, great in the air, fast. He's now the captain of Bolton, you know, that says it all, a club who's looking to get back into the championship. Um, and yeah, I, I thought, uh, sort of, you know, when we lost him... Um, in that uh, COVID season, uh, you know, it all started to sort of fall apart. So, um, yeah, Ricardo Santos is my centre-half with Simon King. Nice. Well, were there any on, on our list that didn't quite make the cut that you were surprised by at um, all? Charlie, starting with you. I had on my list uh, more for sort of uh, romantic reasons. Yakubu was on there. Yeah. Uh, and I also, just for this year, uh, you know, he's not done enough for me in the Barnet shirt, but he's one of the best centre-halves I've seen in his college. Yeah. Um, so he was on my list down there as well. Mem, any missing from yours? So I had Akimo. Interesting. Because like, I just thought he had a flawless season last yeah, year. Yeah, he did. He yeah. Did. So, yeah, it was Akimo. That was the only one I was missing. The rest of them, I think you all picked. Right, so we we now come on to the right back position. Uh, I am pretty confident we're going to have the same three here. But Mem, you get first dibs on the right back position. I've uh, got a feeling Mem's going to not pick who we think he's going to pick. That would be mad. No, I'm totally going. I'm totally going to pick the ones you pick in. So, so I, I assume that the older an older fan would love this. The the you know the 
bluster of this another right back. But I'm going for a player who had left, uh, who was converted from a right midfielder. Um, was athletic. At first, when I thought it was a right midfielder, I, I remember thinking this guy would be better as a right back. And I think somebody had a word with him, and he's tried was tried out at right back. Yeah, he was unbelievable. He's playing for his country now. Played in the championship. Um, Andy Yeardom. Yeah, I mean, he is one of my all-time favourite Barnet yeah, players in terms of attitude, athleticism. And I actually remember when he came to us, I was like a bit worried. You know, it was kind of like last chance in the game. He started off on that right wing, wasn't great. No, but you could wasn't. see how hard he worked. Actually, the fondest memories I have of him was in that first season we went up when we were staying up, if that makes sense. We had the 14-15 championship. 15-16, he was incredible. Played centre mid, I think it was against Bristol Rovers. I think it was centre mid against Bristol Rovers. Yeah. He ran the show until he got sent off. Lovely guy he's as our, well. He's our best right back, I think. Um, when he got changed, when he when he got moved from a number seven to a number two as well, that's when I knew it was real. That's when I yeah. knew he was our right back. Uh, <laughs> I, remember, I remember actually copying him into a tweet, and um, he actually liked it when I said, "I think he's an I think he's an average right midfielder, but I think he's got the potential to have. He's got really high ceiling as a right back, phenomenal right back. And that's, he's you know he's he he's been linked with Premier League clubs up until recently. Captain of Reading, wasn't he? Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, so uh, Mem locks in Andy Yeardom. Well Charlie done, coming to you. Is it me? Uh, yep, it's. Oh no, sorry, it's you. It's good me. sportsmanship because I get the first midfielder, don't I? Uh, correct. No, actually, no. Uh, no, it's actually you, yourself. Sorry, apologies because I it? went first last time. Sorry, this is Mister messing up the draft here. But so, um, Charlie, you are next. Okay, uh, I've got two. Obviously, Yids was my first pick. I've got it narrowed down to two, uh, but I'm going to go for our captain, uh, the one and only Ian Hendon. I mean, you know what? I, I'm not going to lie to you. I actually had Hendon first in terms of impact. I think Yidden was a better player, but Hendon, I mean, just quickly here, 162 appearances, 20 goals, including those crucial penalties. So I'm thinking the ones against Burton that saved the playoff season. And for me, he, his signing was the moment we stopped being on that terrible season. My, my least favourite memory supporting Barnet was the 2003. 2003 season I think it was when we'd been relegated the, you know, two years before we were going nowhere we were mid-table getting turned over by all sorts of teams mm-hmm. he came in towards the end of that season under Peter Shreves and I think he was just transformed that group of players in that club yeah. what a leader really really top guy as well just the sort of player you just didn't want to come up against so many great Hendo memories, including some ridiculous tackles. That you know, <laughs> there's oh, a great video. There's a great video online of the game against Carlisle. We won three-one, and him just launching into. I'll put it up on the Twitter feed. It, launching into a two-footed munch on their player mm. after the ball's gone off for a mm. corner. Um, but yeah, I mean, I've spoken a bit about him there. He's a, he's a legend. And not not only as a right back. I know it wasn't didn't turn out to be the best season, but I'll never forget when he was manager that Friday night we had in Northampton to oh, go top of the league. Incredible, too. incredible. So that he's uh, Ahmed Dean. Oh yeah, they Ahmed Dean, Furlong, and O'Flynn. Oh, that's a, that was a left back, Amber Dean. What a player he was. Well, he, <laughs> scored one, he scored one free kick but when he, the goalkeeper uh, was standing off the other side of the wall. Out of his whole career, out of his 29-year career, 19-year career, sorry, um, he played the most appearances for Barnet out of any club he played for in yeah. London. So, and he scored 19 goals. Not bad for a right back. Yeah, no, not bad at all. Um, well, that leaves me with the final pick. And I think, I think I'd imagine this is your third choice. Um, mine as well is Joe Devera. Really no. interesting. Mem's gone. Mem, who have you got before I speak quickly about Joe? Danny Sender. Yeah, really? Yeah, I thought Danny Sender was class for us. He was He was good. He was good for us, but like, yeah. I don't think he was... Joe De Vera, 201 appearances between 2005 and 2011. Rock solid as both a centre-back and a right-back. Like, a key player in quite a leaky defence. Covered up Gary Breen's deficiencies. I thought he was really good. He, good. he, won, <laughs> he won player's player, I think, or manager's player 2008-9, I think. Yeah, I mean, the, to be honest, um, there weren't many, play- nah, <laughs> many players yeah, knocking around It wasn't there. hard, was it? Okay, interesting. So you went with Danny Senderman as third choice. It's my third choice, though. Okay, well, we now move on to the midfielders. So again, the order here is Charlie, Ian and Mem. So Charlie, you get first pick. We're all kind of playing a similar-ish formation, which I think will help with the with the draft here. Hmm. So, you know, Charlie, you're up first. Okay, I'm, I'm going to... Just because I... I've got quite a few centre mids like you know the the small centre mid CDM role positions backed up so I am going to go with my cam position that's fine that's fine we can we'll pick the three midfielders as we can so cool so I'm going for my attacking centre midfielder uh, and I'm going for Luisma talk to us about Luisma Mem's having a meltdown um, in the corner Luisma Luisma is probably the most magical footballer I've seen at Barnet. 
the fact he just came out of nowhere one summer, this Spanish, this Spanish guy, no one knew where he'd come from. It was very rare that we Barnet signed players from overseas <laughs> as well, I find, at that period. Yeah. And then we had Casabella. Casabella. Casabella and, and Luis McCombie. We had the summer. greatest sounding team. It's just a shame they weren't yeah. that good. We had this, like, all these like, Dutch players as well that Edgar and Uli and Dick were bringing yeah. through. And he was such a lovely man. Like me and my dad, me, the year we went up, me and my dad sponsored him. We've got, you know, I've got a signed flag and a signed, his signed boot from the last day of the season in our house. Um, and he was just an ma- absolute magician. He'd yeah. done some things at the Hive that I've not seen before from a player. Any particular goals or things that stand out to you? The free kick, the Alfreton free kick. The Alfreton free kick stands Cambridge out. Goal. Bris- free kick away at Bristol Rovers in the pouring rain on oh, Tuesday night. It was a good goal. The t- when we, when we uh, you know, the smoke bomb saga, Cambridge at home, that game. Well, that, that was the, fir- the first goal you got the back. The first that goal, was- yeah, that goal. Yeah. Uh, and also, it, people forget about this goal, but he arguably won us the league because that kid of Minster. Yeah, it was a great I know finish. Modeste scored that for Dover against Thingy, but if... If Luisma doesn't score that goal at Kidderminster, we don't win the league that year. So yeah, well, Mem's nodding because I think exactly. <laughs> Mem's devastated that we've lost out I've on got a, it. That on a was good my pick first there. pick. <laughs> uh, so I go second here. So I'm gonna do it slightly differently. Um, I'm gonna go for a kind of centre midfielder. It was kind of a bit more box to box. This player I actually think was underrated um, in his time at Barnet was without doubt the best centre midfielder I've seen there, and that was Nicky Bailey. Um, his ability to run a game of football. And particularly before, the, the, I think it was like 2005, 6, 6, 7 seasons, he was phenomenal. 148 appearances, 23 goals. Not necessarily the most mobile of players, but his quality on the ball was phenomenal. I remember him sort of announcing himself to Barnet at the start of that championship winning season where we, he scored that, I think that goal against Dagenham from about 30, 35 yards. He bent it into the top corner. I wasn't there for it, but I've seen it on YouTube, the goal against Bristol City uh, in the Carabao Cup. But just there. a just a phenomenal first, phenomenal player, um, and I think testaments the fact that he's moved up with the leagues and you know, gone and played at the likes of Millwall etc. Later on in his career, so I've gone with Nicky Bailey. Solid. Uh, Mem, over to you for your centre midfield pick. Okay, I'm I'm going to go for a player that Martin Allen didn't want, binned him off, and Ross Eames came in first first game. He brought him back from loan, and uh, and he just keeps moving forward in his career. First to Peterborough, now at Ipswich, going for Jack Taylor. Jackie Taylor, 125 appearances, 16 goals. Ma'am, just talk to us about Jack Taylor very briefly. Um, I think it was unbelievable that how quickly he settled into men's football. He looked like this very skinny, wiry player. And I can see a little bit why Alan decided that he wasn't ready. But Rossi was really confident in him and he decided he felt he could handle it. And I remember he announced himself with that loot and free kick where he, where he won the game. Um, where he got, I think it was top bins with a free kick, um, and I was I was I was at a um, somebody's party, and I had my iPad on <laughs> watching the game, um, and and literally jumping up with the sound the sound was off and jumping up and down because he just scored that winner. Yeah, he was a he was a phenomenal player, and we wish him well at Ipswich. I think, um, and excited to see where his ceiling takes us. So we're halfway through the team. We're going to take a, a very brief break, um, but before we do that, I'm just going to ask us to read through our respective teams. Um, Charlie, I'm writing yours down for you, so my handwriting might be proved too much of a, a barrier to overcome. You might have it in front of you anyway. Yeah, uh, so, Mem, just talk us through your team so far. So, Harrison uh, in goal, uh, Dom, Sweeney, Breen, and Gillet in, in defence, and Jack Taylor is my centre mid so far. So, I've got Stevens in goal, I've got Johnson, Nelson, Stevens, Devira, and then Nicky Bailey in midfield, and Charlie? Walker in net, a back four of Chatonda, King, Santos, Hendon. With Luisma in midfield. It's very, very tight so far. We'll be back in just a moment, guys, for the remainder of our teams. Welcome back, everyone. So we are roughly halfway through the Barnet draft. Uh, Charlie, how are you feeling at the moment with your team? I was feeling great. Um, I still am feeling great, but there's been a slight setback with uh, Bailey and uh, Jack Taylor gone off the off the card, so I need to sort of readjust things. Michael Leary might be making an appearance then. Oh, God, not after the, I travelled all the way to Exeter and watched him miss a penalty in the last minute. Uh, Mem, how are you about yours? I'm hoping that, that some of you don't pick my team because I might run out of midfield picks. So you've got to flood the midfield, a bit like sort of Spain, play that. Oh no, Scotland, that 4-6-0. Right, so we are back with uh, the draft picks. Charlie's going to pick the next three out for us. So we've got two centre-mid picks and then a left-sided player. Uh, So Charlie, talk us through it. We have got... 
very tightly it's around. Charlie is first. That goes Charlie Ian Mem for the second midfielder. Second pick is uh, Mem. Mem is going to get first picks on the final midfielder. That's going to MCI. And, and then, then the left-sided final will go Ian Mem and then Charlie to finish. Okay, so Charlie, you've already got uh, a decent start to the midfield. Yeah, uh, in the, in the Luisma's cam. in the camp, but let's see who is behind him. So uh, this one uh, was one of my backups. Probably unlucky not to get in the in the first pick, actually. Yeah. Um, I didn't want to get... I didn't want nostalgia to take over me, so I am going to keep it simple and go with what I believe. And he doesn't need any introduction because it's Harry Pritchard. Harry Pritchard, 55 appearances, 16 goals, a single season. Uh, talk to us about your mate, Pritch. Uh, you know how much I love Pritchard. Everyone knows. And I think I think in that left, left-sided left sort of centre-mid role where we see him uh, week in, week out, I think he slots very nicely into my team. Interesting. Okay, so we got, uh, yeah, we got quite a few of the first round picks are going. So I am, I've got a few options here. Was he your first rounder? He was my first rounder. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So my, my three first rounders have gone. I'm now on to my, my, my sort of second rounders here. I've got a few options here. I'm actually looking at it and I'll make a decision on the fly. I've got one of my favorite players in there that I know is going to get shot down uh, by the Twitter mob. Uh, so I'm not going to put him on there. By the Twittering idiots. So I'm going to go with a player that had an important role for us in the league uh, between 2010-2014 when he eventually left. Uh, started off and people weren't particularly impressed with him but uh, had a wicked... <laughs> Mem's on his head. <laughs> wicked, You've taken one of Mem. Had a wicked uh, shot on him and that is Mark Byrne. 165 appearances, 19 goals. Um, a wow. phenomenal, I think, centre midfielder for us uh, towards the latter stages. Adapted under several managers and was a big fan of his. Uh, so, Mem, you're smiling. That means you've got someone that... I know who you're picking. I don't have. Right, so um, this is a player that came in and he came in, he came in from another team in our division um, and I thought it was a really solid pick. It's not often we picked, picked up decent players from our own division um, and he stayed with us for several years, um, eventually moving on, moving up. Uh, I'm going for Neil Bishop. <sighs> the Bish. Do not mention his name. Why go on? No, Bishop. He's a. He was a fucking. We don't like Bishop, do we? I. You know what? I actually don't rate him. I. I thought he was really. All right. Yeah, I, I don't did. like I, him as a person because he came back when he played for. Who's he signed for? Grimsby. Yeah, no, he signed. He yeah, signed he for, for Grimsby at some point. And he came down to the York Underhills and was giving it, giving it large. Ah, oh, don't yeah. like Neil Bishop. I thought okay, he's all right. He was nowhere near as good as Mark Byrne. I thought Mark Byrne was a flat to deceive. <laughs> <laughs> I was shocked at a Mark Byrne pick there. Yeah, well, I, I, had a few, I had a few other ones lined up that I was going to go for. I may have gone for the wrong mark. Um, but we go on then to the next um, yeah. round of, of picks because that takes to the end of the first people. So, Mem, you get the chance now to solidify have, your centre midfielder. Oh, Charlie, have you... Oh, no, you, I picked Yeah, you picked first. Pick yeah. So, um, second round of midfield picks. So, to finish off your midfield, alongside Neil Bishop, is it Michael Leary? Is it Kieran and Amy? Who is it, Mem? Well, I did... I did play around the idea of Max Porter um, <laughs> I was quite, and Joe Tabiri but um, I think so my pick is a player that I think was hugely underrated um, was a winner was played played in a championship winning team um, and then was one of the few players I thought from that team to, to play just as well in the league and a few when a few of our players completely dropped off off the um, with their performances and if it wasn't for an unfortunate situation uh, he probably would have carried on playing for us, but he got binned off. But um, my uh, holding mid is uh, Casual D, Dwayne Lee. Wow. <laughs> An unfortunate situation. I mean, I'm glad you didn't put him in the same team as Nicky Bailey because that would have led to far wow, worse. Wow, wow, wow. Dwayne Lee. I'll tell you why I put Dwayne Lee. Dwayne Lee. Go on, ma'am. You, you so tell Dwayne us why Lee, to me, was the, was the reason why that team allowed people like Dean Sinclair and Nicky Bailey to bomb off because that was he was a guy that covered the spaces but what people didn't what I thought was an underrated characteristic of his was his passing and mm. the fact that he was able to start moves and essentially the other two could 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 escape could leave the midfield and he would be there covering he scored a lot of very important headed goals um, one, of, one of which was Exeter away in that championship winning team. Carlisle away. Yeah, Carlisle away. He scored that ridiculous volley against York. I don't yeah, you guys yeah. remember that. It was a ridiculous So, goal. And then when we went up into the league, he was one of the few players, whereas other players struggled, he was one of the few players to, to actually step up. He had a great game at Old Trafford when we went to United mm. in the cup. 
the first few months of being back in the league, I remember. I, I, I do think, though, he was one of those players, I actually disagree with you, man. I think the reason that we, we really struggled in part when we went up was because, you know, in theory, he should have, that midfield should have done better in the league because we went from that 4-4-2 to that 4-5-1, essentially, and left Gratz on his own in the, in the early Fairclough days of, like, League 2. And I felt that that midfield... We're just not up to it, bluntly speaking. Um, so it's interesting. I, I thought the pace of the game in, in the National League much suited his ability more than League T. So I, I think it was the opposite. I think the fact that there was a... We tried to... I think the three in midfield was right in terms of... But it wasn't with the... I don't think we as a team we were ready because we didn't have... Uh, what's called? Richie Graham struggled. Yeah. Uh, Grazioli struggled as a lone striker. Yeah. We didn't have really an out-and-out out winger. So I think the problem we had was the three forwards didn't really step up into, in the league. And I think those three in midfield, um, because because Nicky Bailey scored that class goal away, and that was in the league, that was it, where we went past three or four players, and that was in the league, um, was in that playing in a three in midfield. Mm. Yeah. I just think that we just suffered because we didn't have players in the forward positions that could play a three at three three up top. Well, fair enough. I mean, Matt, did you have Dwayne in yours, Charlie? Sorry? Did you have Dwayne in no, yours? No, no, no. Okay, so coming to you then, Charlie. Your sec- your final midfield pick, um, you've got Louisa and Pritchard in there. So you've got a strong, a strong two. I have got two picks here, which I can pick for my sort of right-hand, you know, defensive midfielder, centre mid-roll. Um, both of these players have produced or been part of special moments. So I'm trying not to get carried away by a particular special moment. I'm trying to stick with who I think would be better in my team yeah and I'm going to go with Sam Togwell mm, interesting okay talk to us about Togs it was it was between Sam Togwell and Mark Hughes yeah Hughesy was Hughesy was an interesting shout out really yeah did you have Hughesy on yours no because both those players in my opinion were hugely limited and no. they were nowhere near as good as Dwayne Lee on the ball <laughs> here we go Togwell for, well I've got Pritchard and Luisma to get on the ball in there yeah. I think Tog, Togwell in that position Togwell in that role um, was so instrumental, I think, in, in us going up. He, you know, him and Weston in the middle, uh, Togwell would just clean everything up and play play that anchor role really nicely. And it speaks volumes that when Alan left for Eastley, um, he took, he you know, he went straight in and got Togwell down at Eastley as well, which I think shows, um, you know, shows you how good he is. It's a shame he got injured and it didn't work out in League Two for him. But I think that season we won the league, he was instrumental for us in the middle. Fair enough. Well, it's interesting you mentioned that because I think I've gone for someone on my list, my final midfielder, who I don't think you two would have picked up on. Someone who played at the, the sort of start of our time period between 2001-2003, played in really poor teams, but was an unbelievable player. And one of those players that when I started watching Barnet, I used to really watch and really enjoy. 101 appearances, 17 goals, went to have a very, very solid career higher up in the league, was a quality passer of the ball. Uh, and that is Mark Gower. Um, mm. He was outstanding. And he really struggled uh, to kind of get, you know, in, in, in his kind of recognition due because he just played in bad teams. I think one of the most underrated Barnet seasons, ironically, was the 2001-2002 season when we were in the National League or the, the, the conference then. We finished fifth. Um, we obviously had the, the, tr- you know, the, the traumatic event of the relegation the year before. But Mark Gower used to consistently run the show. Yeah. He was fantastic on the ball. His passing, I think, was the strongest I've seen. And the fact that he's gone to play at teams like Swansea he's gone to play at um, you know Southend etc particularly Swansea a really progressive side with testament to it other shouts I had in there uh, talking about in terms of impact I had Edgar in there just because (laughs) just because if you you had to look at Edgar to be fair even as a manager as as a player manager he transformed that side from being so bad to being like I think we had top 8 form when we got relegated on the highest amount of points and I always had Curtis in there just because I love Curtis Weston but the, Mm. the hook over the shoulder wouldn't work for me Charlie anyone we've missed out uh no, I mean Sinclair. I did have Sinclair in there, but he was he was last choice of the of the picks. Yeah, I was gonna put. Um, I didn't. He didn't make my list in the end, but I was flirting with the idea of Nicky Devadix for a while. <laughs> I really liked Nicky Devadix. <laughs> like he, he barely played five games no, in one go for like getting injured. Season with us, I think. Yeah, yeah okay. well, he was there. He was there. I enjoyed. You know, there in presence. Go on, man. No, I'm not saying he was there, but I liked it. I liked him as a player when he played. Yeah. I just thought he was the one. The one actually that we discussed um, a few a few weeks ago John uh, was John Oster. But I love John Oster, man. He, he was not eligible, was he? He was. He was also just like he Hang was on, just, just on that. How many games do you reckon Nicky Devadich played for Barnet? I've got it up here. Uh, yeah, they, a lot of them played a similar. I would say I think less than that. Who plays played thirty games? Fifty-one. Fifty-one. Yeah. Oh, eight, oh, eight and ten. Well, there you go. But they were, that was like over three seasons or something, wasn't it? <laughs> Two years. Yeah, it was. It just felt like he was always injured, and I did like him as a player. 
Okay. He was one of the few players that you could get the ball and move it. And when you think we had players like Rossi Jarvis and Michael Leary, you know, he was much better. Yeah. And Ashley Carew. Okay, well, we now move, talking about Ashley Carew, to more attacking players, where I think we've got some quality options here, and I'm really excited. I So the, the order for the attacking players is going to go on the left mid, Ian, Mem, and Charlie, then we're going to redraw. I think my left midfielder is probably no surprise to any of you. Um, I think the most talented player in terms of, like, you know, ability on the ball I've seen at Barnet, the most exciting attacking player I've seen, could be used, actually, to be fair, in a variety of positions across the front line. I think the only player, with the exception of maybe one other, who's played in the Premier League um, from this group, and I've gone on the left side attacking uh, Jason Punchin. 93 appearances, 16 goals, didn't score tappings. Uh, the freak against Bradford City remains one of my favourite ever Barnet goals. I mean, that was ridiculous. The volley away at Shrewsbury. I don't know if any of you were there for that. That, that was, was that was game uh, of yeah, incredible. Friday, that was Friday night. But my favourite, my favourite memory, uh, and I think we've actually ref- may have referenced it. No, we haven't actually. That he, he's the goal he scored for us was the Colchester goal, um, which remains one of my favourite ever nights at Underhill. Yeah. Where he just kept on fainting and fainting and fainting and then smashed it bottom corner. It was a magical moment under the nights at Underhill. Um, so Jason Punchin is my pick. Mem, second. Both of you have picked my two favourite players uh, in, within this era. <laughs> so I've not been able to pick my my favourite players. Right, so for me, because I couldn't have Jason Punchin, this player is was an absolute magician in his day. Wasn't the fastest. I could probably out-sprint him. Yeah. But on the ball, every time he twisted and turned, the whole crowd would fall on the floor. Uh, and then he became our manager. So Darren Curry on the left of my midfield. See, I, I love Curry and I think he is great, but he definitely dipped off after the year 2000 and he was only there for basically one season under these rules. He scored most of his goals. He scored the most amount of goals in his Barnet career in, in, 010, in his final, in final, final year. season. I mean, to be fair, you can't, you can't knock Darren Curry. I'm a bit worried this is going to be one of those sort of, you know, Donald Trump style recount the vote bits when people start voting for your team, man, based on Darren Curry memories from 1998, 1999. Yeah, but there will, there will be an asterisk connected to that. I yeah, can Ian tell you. Hendon will get like a few like people loving that as well. That's true. Uh, but great player, great player, great guy. Um, absolutely loving to bits. So Charlie, that leaves you then with uh, the final pick for the left side. Yeah. Um, some good mm. options here, I still think. There are some good options. Um, I mean, the, if they played a season on loan, does that count? Yeah, it would allow that. And I'd also allow a bit of flexibility across the front line. So I think we can, okay. we can be flexible um, with that. I'm going to have to go Balassi. Interesting. Balassi. I wouldn't have gone Balassi, but that's interesting. Yeah, Talk yeah. me through Balassi. I'm going to have to go Balassi. I just think he he was just... Such an exciting player, so skillful. It's not, you know, sitting, standing in the East Terrace as a teenager. Uh, you know, you, I just used to get so excited when he'd get the ball. Yeah. Um, one of the few players who, you know, can get it and, and literally run past, you know, three, four players and get a cross off or a shot. Um, Him and Punchin were ridiculous. I mean, how we managed to finish 22nd. Yeah. Was it him? No, it's we had a midfield, it was we had him, Punchin and uh, Adoma as well, wasn't it? Yeah, because we had two midfield of Mark Hughes and... Uh, and a 35-year-old, Mike Hyde, <laughs> Mike trying, Hyde. To ca- ca- trying to cover all that space. Jake Cole and Hyde. I, I remember uh, those days. I, I, you know, I've, I've no, I understand I've missed out on a player I wanted in there now, but... No, no, it's a, I think it's a good shout. And I, I think, I've got to go Blassie, and look, he's gone on to play in the Prem, and he's gone on to play for his, his country as well. So, yeah, Yannick Blassie is my, uh, my left winger. Okay, well, we come to the final two positions then. So we've got a right-sided attacker and a centre-forward. Um... Charlie, if you wouldn't mind doing the honours, you're going to basically pick two. So essentially, and then we'll do to the left, okay? So Charlie, we're going to, for the right-sided player, first of all, who is going first? Ian. Excellent. So right-sided Ian. So it's going to Ian, Mem, Charlie. Centre forward pick. So I get last pick for right winger? Correct. Oh, God. But bear in mind, I think there's a few you can put over from there. I've got two. I've got two I'm comfortable with. Yeah. Uh, That's a... Um, so it goes Mem, Charlie and Ian. That's the centre forward. Well, I've got the last pick on centre forward, so I think, oh, yeah. you know. Although I actually think 
we're going to disagree on the centre forwards. I'll come out to in a moment. There's quite a few. There's quite a long list. I had to cut them down. So, really? there, yeah, definitely. Oh, yeah, we'll yeah, come on to we'll come that in a minute. Yeah, yeah, really? Yeah, I mean, yeah, not yeah, three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. No, no, four, I've got, four, I've, four. I've got six. I've, six. Got six, really? Yeah. God, you're generous. I've not seen six good strikers at Barnet in 20. Uh, Since 2000, we had quite a few at the front end of that period. What? So. Yeah. Okay. We'll come. We'll, we'll discuss it as we go. Okay. So right wing, no, probably no surprises here. Um, 120 appearances, 20 goals. Like one of my favourite Barnet players. Just also like his story in terms of how he came to the club. Like and just was so lovely as well. So heartwarming. One of those moments where we take someone from lower down the leagues, we bring them with us, uh, and then they go on and thrive. I think what I find most incredible about this player, and I think it's a real testament to his ability, is the way in which he's reinvented himself in his career and the fact that he's still playing at a very, very high level, despite being quite old. Mm-hmm. Hugely respected by a lot of players in the game, particularly those sort of young players from London making their way. Um, and it is, of course, Albert Adoma. Um, just one of my favourite Barnet players, always played with a smile on his face. Um, just a, an absolute legend. Played almost every single game. Played 45 out of 46 games in 2008, 2009. And was a huge reason that we avoided you know, getting relegated. And similar to what we were saying earlier, some of those glimpses that we sometimes saw with him and other attacking players showed that he could have been the foundation of a, a really fantastic Barnet side. But yeah, just an awesome player. Really glad he got to play up as high as he did. I think also played in the Premiership at some point. He's had a couple of Premier appearances, I think. Or one, maybe he hasn't actually. I, don't I can't think he has. I think he's one of the he's always one who gets, gets promoted and then gets dropped out now. With, uh, QPR. QPR Villa Borough. Yeah. But, but in, in any case, like, lovely guy um, yeah. and a, a real a real Barnet legend. And as I said, the fact that he's now still playing in the championship last season for QPR, I think actually yeah, it was, yeah, yeah. So shows how he's reinvented his, his game. Club. He's from, he's over from that way. Yeah. Uh, so, um, right-sided player, Mem, coming to you, please. This was a tough one. I, I was, there's a few players, but one of the, none of these really like stuck out because yeah. I felt they were slightly, slightly flawed in some respects. But I've gone for the player. I've gone for the player who I felt suffered the most from playing in a side with a very um, s- single-minded approach. Yeah. And they showed that when they went up, the, they, when they left us and went up the leagues, just how good they were um, as a player. So I've gone for Ricky Holmes. Yeah, I thought I thought you featured. I thought actually you, you might have taken him for the left side there, Charlie. To He's be fair, my, that's my pick. But you've just picked my pick for me now, so that's all right. Um, one hundred and four appearances, seventeen goals. Some incredible moments. I don't know if you remember that South End game yeah. where we were. I think it was, did we get a two-two draw there in the end. That goal was ridiculous. That goal was obscene, and he scored quite a few. But again, the thing I think about some of those players is that you know, and we'll look at some of them later on as well. I'm sure I don't want to give away too many names, but particularly as attacking players, where they were the only attacking outlet. Like Ricky Holmes was the only attacking outlet for a lot of his bonnet sides. We played with McLeod, but the McLeod was he would play, and I used to get frustrated with McLeod because you would see that someone like Ricky Holmes would create a lot of chances McLeod. Yeah. And then every time Ricky Holmes made a, made a run and he needed just to be played in, McLeod's passing was appalling. And he, and you could see that actually, and I bet if you we had Ricky Holmes on here now, he would say it really frustrated me playing McLeod because he'd never give me the same quality of pass yeah. that I would give him. So I think, I mean, I, I, I think he's just yeah another top, top player. So uh, that takes us then to Charlie for the right-sided player. Uh I've sort of been left with no choice because I had a Doma and I had Holmes, but it's not a bad third choice. Efron Mason Clark. Yeah, yeah, what a player! 185 appearances, 22 goals, captain of Peterborough, no less. Yeah. Uh, between the years 2016-2022, what's tell us tell us about your your thinking here? I think similarly to what you just said about Holmes playing in a in a you know one dimensional team. Mm-hmm. I think Efron to keep him as long as we did. Yeah. You know in. He played in some terrible teams, Mason Clark. And for a player with his ability, can you imagine him going into training every day, knowing what he, you know, realistically what he was a part of? Yeah. Uh, especially through that Beatles season. I just can't believe he didn't leave after that. Uh, and I think, you know, we slowly, he deserved to have a good season with us. And I think the back end of, you know, when Kuehl left and Brennan took over, yeah, he had that father figure in the in the dressing room under, uh, under Brennan. And then, you know, I know he only played a few games at the start of last season, but to go out, you know, with the opening goal of the season, yeah, the, the performance he made at Yeovil, the goal he scored at Gateshead early in the season, and to go out on that, I think you know he deserved it, and and I wish him all the best. And he's capped him for Peterborough next season, which yeah. is just phenomenal. I, I think the fact that I mean, I think the, the kind of criticism perhaps of, of Efron, and I remember some people making it a while ago, and it often happens is they say, oh, they hang on to the ball too long, and the decision making is quite poor. And I think 
that is true to some extent, but also it's very hard to make a good decision in terms of passing it when your options are, you know, as limited as they were, like JJ Hooper or whoever it is. <laughs> like you, you got to be, you got to be honest. Like that's not a good option, even if the pass is on. Plays, run, plays runs off the ball, um, or walks in the case of the yeah, team. Exactly, but play, the the run, the run, the movement of your colleagues off the ball, you, a lot of the time will will basically make the decision for you. And we're not in that side. There was just there was so they could barely play football. Any of them. Yeah. And I think the fact that he, he I think he won Player of the Year at Peterborough. Is that correct? Last season. Yeah. yeah, yeah so I think yeah. that that's a, some proper. That's players. a very solid pick there, Charlie. I think you'd be very happy finishing third on the on the right side. There, oh yeah, yeah, I'll take that. Right. We then come to the big one, the centre forward pick. I think we're going to have some interesting uh, discussions here. So the role here is Mem Charlie Ian. Uh, so Mem, centre forward, please. I think there's only one choice there is. <laughs> for the for number one. Um, I mean, there's a lot of players that have scored goals for Barnet, yeah. but there's not been a player who has scored goals at National League and at Division Two. Um, and he was, I mean, the, the volume of goals he scored. He wasn't the prettiest player in the world, but the volume of goals he scored and just the ability to just, just smash every team to the ground. Um, so it has to be John Akinde. Yeah, I mean, 177 appearances, 90 goals. And I think this is the key thing for me. You're talking about consistency there. The 14-15 season when he joined us from Wolverton, 31 goals. The season after, 15-16, 23. The season after, 26. Um, you know, he was just consistent at every level. It's a machine, really. And, you know, what's interesting about Big John, we talked about it a few times, we started doing the pod really when in his final season, or his final two seasons, cause he didn't really play that much in the final one, was a lot of people look at him and think he's a target man and he's actually the opposite of that his ability to position his body in relation to the defender was so so good he was obviously very strong but he also knew how to use his body to win those penalties his finishing was phenomenal penalties ice cool for the most part and also a lovely guy as well just a top top man and the ability for a team that are defending quite a lot just to smash the ball long and know you've got someone up there who can turn I think about some of the goals he's got against like Plymouth and likes of that where it would be like Big John versus two of their centre backs, and it would just be like an aimless punt forward that McLeod would never get to, and he's onto it and he scores. Charlie, any 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 favourite Akinde moments? Oh God, Boxing Day, Boxing Day away to Old Shot, he's got a hat day. trick. Um, there's just so many I could sit here and just reel off nearly every game from those <laughs> from those seasons. It's just a beast, yeah. just an absolute beast. How, how many times did you see the the hook on from West Western? <laughs> the Western hook. The Western hook ball goes in behind the defender, and he. Yeah. runs on but and also there was a few goals where he scored really identical where the ball bounces up yeah like but between the defender and the goalkeeper the goalkeeper comes to get it and then he would go and head it over the goalkeeper or yeah, something like yeah 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 he'd done that several times and, and, I've, and I've never seen any player do that goal mm. at all and he'd get, he kept scoring that goal mm-hmm. but the him and Weston was what a combination they were yeah, I mean they they were they're fantastic. I think Big John probably played more of a role in that partnership than Curtis. <laughs> yeah, I think. Well, Weston was just like let's help it on in the into the but, space. Okay, well, um, Charlie, you get the next tips then on centre forward. Hmm. This is a tough one because I, I think we all know that um, we, we we all know one of the options at least. Okay, this is I've this is between the the, the last two I've got and. Listen, this guy didn't go on to have the most illustrious career and he didn't have the most illustrious career before us. But for the season, well, the two seasons he was with us, but one in particular, I absolutely loved him. And I thought he was a proper, proper goal scorer. One that that we hadn't seen since, you know, prime grats. Um, So I'm going to say John O'Flynn. That's really interesting. That is an interesting pick. So... I love John O'Flynn, first of all, but t- talk to us about about why you picked him over Gratz because Gratz would be the other option. Gratz was actually my f- your fourth. He, he was, was he's my not fourth. he's between my third and my fourth. He was my fourth. Gratz, I I loved I loved Gratz. Right, I loved Gratz. He went to my school. Like I call him a mate now. You know, when I see him, we have. <laughs> is he not going to call you mate after? No, this? I know. Yeah, I hope he's not listening to this. Um, but um, I've got to go. I've got to go off when I was, I've got to go off what the player did to me as well, right? And you've got to think when Gratz was, when Gratz was banging him in in the conference, I was still only 10 or 11 and he never really did it in League Two. So I only, I, I, you know, I saw Gratz score goals, but I don't truly think I knew what it meant deep down, you know, to appreciate a forward like that. And I think O'Flynn was the first striker when he came, he came 2008. 
Yeah. So, you know, I was, I was, I was 13, 14, 15 when uh, Flynn was there. And I think it was the first time where I appreciated a forward, a centre forward that scored goals for Barnet. And I, I think that period, that 08-09 season, when we had a Doma on the right, I remember a Doma just used to whip him in from the right and I think yeah. would just be there. It's crazy that team didn't do better. I mean, I was I didn't want to sort of say it when I was talking about Albert because they had a Doma. Was it Balassi? Was that season? Was it a year yeah, after? Yeah, yeah. Doma Balassi, and we had Neil Bishop Neil, in the middle. Yeah, yeah. Gary Breen. Gary <laughs> Gary Breen running around at the Gilles, back. Gilles as well, well, listen. No, here's Gilles the thing, Gilles man. If you're if you're having Gary if you're having Gary Breen, right? How the hell did a team with that much attacking power? Managed to finish twenty second because, because Gary Bree. No, I'm was telling at you why. I'm telling you why it was. It's because the two centre mids weren't played four two four. Four two four. Leary and yeah. Bishop. Uh, no, it was Michael Hyde and Hughes. Michael Hyde was thirty five. No, wait. Well, when did Bishop play? No, no, no. <laughs> Michael Hyde and Hughes were after. Hyde Hyde was no 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 team with a don't what you're talking about. No, wait, let me let me put it up here. Yeah, that was that and was Furlong. that was Bishop and that was Bishop and. To it, was, it was Michael Hyde and Hughes. No, I think I'm pretty sure that this, if you look through the, if you look through the team. Hughes, Michael Hyde, I promise you that was a midfield. No, because I mean, I'm in here now. So this is 2008, 2009. And we had, in terms of appearances, you had Leary in the midfield. Devlix played 23 games. Hughes played only 10 games in that midfield. Um, Gary Breen played 22. So that was kind of the start of his spell. And you had Balassi played 20. But that other midfielder would have been, yeah, Mac, that was the sort of Max Porter, Neil Bishop era. Yeah, but the, the Blassie played into the next season, I'm sure. Yeah, he did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the point, that, that season that's, I'm talking, that that's the season I'm talking about. Yeah. Where we came out of the blocks. Yeah, yeah. And then Wyams teams found us out. And what they did is they kept, because because the two, we had these two young wingers. Yeah. They they weren't quite defending and they would leave those two in midfield exposed. And, so, it, and it was when, it was when um, uh, Ian Hendon took us over because I remember that. And he brought in Furlong, he brought in Michael Hyde, but he didn't, he didn't help him out by having such big gaps between them. No, I, mean, I can see why you're going with Flynn. Yeah, I'm happy with that. I'm, I, I, he was a goal machine for that short period we had him. And I, yeah, think, he, I think he knew what it was meant for, to play for Barnet as well. I really got a sense of that. So. Northampton away. He was, he was, yeah, he was, but to be fair, up. that goal was on a worse goal. I mean, I, I love O'Flynn, don't get me wrong. He scored some banging goals. But that Northampton away goal was the easy. If you watch it back on video, the goalkeeper, like, it looks like those FIFA goalkeepers where they press them to come out and then yeah. they run back. It was dreadful. I just remember I just remember that after the game, though, the, the euphoria, because we'd beaten them on a Friday yeah. night. Ah, that's brilliant. And it was like the John O'Flynn song was being sung. And I just remember that, that performance of that night. So the final pick then of the draft um, is an interesting one. I, I, I can now talk about some of the options I didn't pick. I thought about Trezor Candle. Uh, wow. He's on my list. But just because he was wow. he was like he was as good as O'Flynn for sure. He was just with us for a short period of time. Played at a higher level than O'Flynn. Scored goals at a higher level than O'Flynn. Um, yeah, and was just he something. Was, like, he was class. He was unbelievable. He scored a hat trick. That hat trick at Underhill against Rochdale. Yeah, Rochdale. That was the last goal. The goal. The, the last one. He did. But he's the de- do you, I think from his debut against Shrewsbury where the, the floodlights failed. Joe Hart was in goal. I don't know if you guys remember this. This is just a, a couple of... Yeah. yeah. So 2005 it would have been, or 2006. It would have been six, yeah. Yeah, and basically the, the floodlights have failed. So the game kicked off at basically 5.15. So we were all queuing outside. It was his debut and he scored a goal from about 35 yards and Joe Hart was in goal for Shrewsbury. It was a fantastic finish. He was in there. So he, was one, away. he was Cardiff one option. Was Cardiff away was phenomenal. It was when he scored and they were, premier, they were a championship, championship side then. They were top, yeah. top level championship side. And we were like, yeah, we went out there and he was he absolutely bullied them. That was a two 0 I think he scored twice that yeah. that night. He scored, yeah, he scored at Ninian Park as well. Yeah, that's yeah, that's, yeah. that's where I was yeah. there. Yeah. It was, it was yeah. dark coming out of that. It was like literally, I thought it was going to get jumped. God, like, yeah, it's dodgy around there. Isn't yeah. It? Um, I did have Eisel because I think he's a bit maligned yeah, in terms of maligned. like eighty-three appearances, thirty-six goals, and I know you didn't like his movement, but scoring goals in that side was was not impossible. And the, the jig him away game, I really enjoyed when he when he almost yeah. scored a hat trick. I had Hatch in there. 168 appearances, 30 goals. It's an option. Um, yeah. And then the, the big decision for me was between Gratz and Junior Gogo. Um, and Junior Gogo, 41 appearances, 20 goals. Gratz, 148 appearances, 65 goals. But looking at it now, I've got to go for Grazioli. I think he is one of the f- most favourite Barnet players. My mum actually has named a dish after him. Uh, <laughs> it's not Italian. It's like, so sort of, you know, spiced chicken. Um but yeah, I mean, I just think one of those players that, 
particularly in the conference level, you just knew was going to score goals. I think the move up to the league, he was really unfairly done by in terms of that movement to a 4-5-1 because, you know, he wasn't given the opportunity to basically play the style that he needed. And I feel genuinely we could have got a lot more out of him. He afterwards scored a lot of goals in that league, you know, with Peter, etc. before he yeah. came to us. Um, but just was phenomenal. And that conference ring side, the amount of goals, the Halifax away goal, the lob, uh, the cheeky goal against Farnborough. Um, so many of those little flicks and finishes in the area were just so important Crawley. that season. Crawley away, both yeah. goals, Crawley away. A phenomenal player, lovely guy, came back as a manager time and time again, never put his ego above the club. Um, you know, Charlie's best mate, he's been thrown under a bus for John O'Flynn, but he is, you know, Mr. <laughs> Barnett, one of those players, even like his name, just it just fantastic. Yeah. And as a young as a young guy, I think it would have been sort of early teens then when he was really hitting his stride um, yeah just an absolute legend no I could agree with everything you've said now I feel like an absolute prick don't worry it's fine right before we wrap this up then let's have a quick run through the side so have you got yours in front of you Charlie uh, your your side um, to quickly go through before we before we finish because we're going to start with Mem so Mem just talk us through your team first of all so Harrison in goal uh, right back Year Dom uh, centre back Sweeney and Breen with Gillet left back holding my midfield is Dwayne Lee with Bishop and Jack Taylor going box to box. Uh, Holmes on the right, Curry on the left. But the thing about them is they can switch because well, they both can play right and left. Post 2000, Curry on the left. <laughs> and John Akindi up top. Charlie? Oh, nice. um, I've got Laurie Walker in goal. Left back, David Tatunda. Back two, uh, two centre backs of Simon King and Ricardo Santos with Ian Hendon right back. And we've got our two holding box to box midfielders in Pritchard and Togwell. Luisma in the cam. Um, left wing we've got Balassi right wing we've got Ephraim Mason-Clark and up front we've got John O'Flynn and then I've got uh, Jamie Stevens in goal Johnson left back Nelson and Denzel uh, as the centre backs Devira right back uh, in the midfield I've got Nicky Bailey Mark Byrne and Mark Gower and then going forwards Jason Punch on the left Adoma on the right and Grazioli up unbelievable top. front three unbelievable front three <laughs> although your centre half sounds slower than the <laughs> Titanic <laughs> not playing a high line with that <laughs> <laughs> no we're just going to sit back so before we finish then uh, Charlie you came into this with a with a really your heart set on an 11 yeah any if, if you could pick one player that you would have added to your side who would you have picked Akindi. from myself mate? Akinde up Akindi. top yeah Akinde um, would be my captain yeah he'd just been the first name on the sheet uh, and anywhere else you feel like you, you you got some strengths and weaknesses in there? I would have liked uh, I would have liked Jack Taylor in for Togwell and had Pritch, yeah. Pritch and Taylor centre mid, uh, and I would have liked punching out wide as well. But if I had to change one player, it would be Akindi and for Flynn. Uh, Man, what about yourself? I, w- I would want punching in my team or Luisma, one of those two. Yeah, just your favourites. My two favourites. But happy with your side? Or you got some good players in there? I think my team works actually quite well. It's got it's got a nice mix of experience and it's got a bit of solidity, but it's also got some, you know, dynamism. I forgot um, to mention Luisma in my team just now, yeah. Yeah, because I, mean, yeah. I can imagine I can imagine Curry coming off the wing, Gillet coming round him, Yaidom bombing on, and then you've got I've got enough cover in midfield to basically protect. I, I'm amazed you're criticising my team for back at lack of pace at the back when you've got you've got in there Sweeney and Breen. Sweeney uh, Sweeney's not bad. He's not he's not he's not the slowest. Just, he's not, just he's, not, to he's just not very fast in midfield. I know it's only I know it's only Dunstable, but just to back up my pit, uh, pick of Pritchard, he scored a 13 minute hat trick against no against Dunstable tonight. Amazing! It's half time with four nil up. So I might have to edit, that. Have to anyway. edit that out of the pod because that is extra information that has been added to skew the draft <laughs> on the night when it's a media embargo. Um, yeah, I think I think actually there's three really interesting sides. That I think my side definitely gets better higher up the pitch. Than it does towards the back. Um, I think if I could pick one, I, I probably would have gone for Ian Hendon or Simon King or Yitz. One of those three would have come in. Mm. Um, but yeah, so what we're going to do that was that was really fun. We're going to um, obviously release this show. We're going to pop the teams up in a few days on Twitter and let you have a vote as to who you think you're best Barnet side is um, if you want to have a go yourself you're very welcome to uh, it will be obviously a bit easier for you because you can pick every single player but if you want to just kind of basically pop in your, your best 11 um, and what we'll also do the three of us um, in a couple of days time is put up our you know if we could pick our first choice draft if we would have to deal with the, the picks of the other two who we would have as well uh, and go from there um, but Charlie on a scale of 1 to 10 how confident are you feeling that you're going to get the, the winning vote here on your team I was I was confident until it just depends what age demographic are voting. Forget all these new youngsters voting. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna win because they're not gonna know Flynn. 
they're just going to go for a kindy. So I'm conf- I am confident in the rest of my team. So like a seven, six. I'd say a seven. A seven, Mem. I'm quite confident. I've got I've got a few crowd pleasers in there. You know the curry pick's ridiculous. <laughs> it's not you've ridiculous. just done that. You've done that for the voting, haven't you? I totally haven't. Uh, so go on, Mem. Number. I'm, I'm I'm going for an eight. I'm going for it. I'm going I'm going to go for a a six point five. 6.5 well guys it's been really awesome thank you so much for, for joining us and uh, Charlie said on the way up in the car that you know perhaps inspired by our, our, our lengthy drive up he said we could perhaps do the worst Barnet 11 draft uh, in a couple of months time which I think would be really really fun yeah um, I mean that'd be easier I could literally do that now well, <laughs> <laughs> well we'll, we'll spare you this until that time but thank you very much for listening really hope you enjoyed it as I said check out our options on Twitter and have a vote then thanks guys thanks a lot cheers <laughs>